This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, and Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases at staggered intervals, Curse Code and Crown, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dumb Dumbs and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumb dumb dice. D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod. Get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise. Dice today. Welcome back, Initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The mystery punchers have made their way backstage for the King in Yellow, only to discover the director is the evil reverend from their past. Richter was desperate to attend, but was shocked to discover the show was sold out. Red agreed to help the elder man break into the theatre, and Adrian bought tickets, but no one asked him. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. Richter, your eyes lock onto a man you haven't seen in, in years. Uh, and as you see um, 
the uh, admittedly much older and and clearly having lived a much rougher life, uh, Reverend uh, Michael Thomas, um, you uh, immediately flash on on a memory of uh, him entering uh, Helmforth Curiosities uh, the day of the church massacre. Um, back then, you remember looking at uh, a, uh, a number of books that you'd spread out across uh, the, the desk, and um, you were deep into your research uh, about the uh, medallion that um, Sally had given you and shown you, um, as well as a, a deep sense of foreboding that um, what Ingrid and you had att- were attempting to dig up here might already be in progress, might be too far gone. Um, I think in your studies to this point, there had always been a sense of deeply buried secrets that you were trying to uncover and understand. The fact that one of them was in full motion was not something either of you had ever really experienced before. Uh, You can think of it a bit as uh, being archaeologists, digging up ancient secrets, and then suddenly you realize, "Uh uh-oh, this is actually a rolling ball. This isn't... This isn't... This hasn't stopped. This this isn't in the past, Yeah, yeah. Like... This was meant to be like a an exploratory uncover history, not oh shit, it's uncovering a secret plot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um so um modern Richter, we're gonna use your, your modern stats for this, but can you roll me uh, a flashback check, please? Uh this will be finally get to use it, baby library use. <laughs> uh and I'm quite good at that. Uh that was uh that was a success. To the surprise of no one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The surprise of the listener who just began listening today. Hi, Frederick. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. If my uh, firearms are 20. Goddamn better have high library use. <laughs> <laughs> just got to get to a scenario where you're throwing books like the page master, you know? That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. So Adventure. you, um, uh, Richter, uh, you've discovered that um, the, uh, the entombed eye piece on this um, uh, medallion has been added later. Uh, this was one of the first things you discovered. Uh, the medallion itself um, seems to be uh, older. Uh, it does seem to be mass produced, but mass produced um, takes on, I think, a different tone in like the late teens, early 20s. Um you get the sense that this has been made from a mold, but not like the way we would think of that in modern terms where it's like, you know, there's just a fucking assembly line of evil being like, here's all these medallions. (laughs) Um, But um, still fine craftsmanship, but uh, you do get the sense that uh, similar to participation trophies that we all as eighties kids would have received that have thus left us with a crippling sense of uh, inability to succeed in the world. Um, where it's like a standard trophy with like an insignia for whatever the fuck it is glued into it. It's a bit of that vibe. Um, It doesn't seem like the entombed eye itself has much to do necessarily with um, the medallion itself. Um, From your success, um, you get the sense uh, that um, this medallion is, is again, part of a set. And one thing that um, you and Ingrid... Uh, who? Uh, this is a, perhaps an abstract question, but of the two of you, let's say one of you was more interested in who was doing it, and more, one of you is more interested in what was being done. I got to assume you were more the 
I'm more interested in the mechanics of ritual and of these things. And she was more into the idea of like, who is the, like, who are the people who believed in this or would it be vice versa? Or do you think neither of you would have had that interest? I think it's closer to neither. I think maybe in a more roundabout way, Richter might skew more towards the who. Mm. Um, because I think we, we touched on it a little bit, but uh, Ingrid was more capable mm-hmm. uh, than um, Richter was. So I think it mattered less to her the who was doing it because the who for her could ostensibly be her. Whereas for Richter, he, I think, lacked the capability or the know-how or the strength or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I think there was a uh, um, a question of like, well, if I can't do this, then who who could? Who who was doing these things kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I also, uh, in those terms, I think I like the idea that um, in a way you were kind of like, this is a dumb analogy, but you were kind of her sous chef. Like she was a chef. Yeah. You were the sous chef. So yeah. as a result... If she needed, like, a, okay, I don't understand why this thing works the way it does. Maybe the answer is in the people. You go deal with that. So it was less that Richter himself was like, I must know. And more, that was the kind of work you ended up doing. I like the idea of it being a bit of a minor inferiority complex of, like, if I can understand that, then maybe I can too. Yeah. Cool. All right, great. Um, so with that in mind, then... Um, you get the sense, Richter, from your your sort of previous studies and from uh, kind of what, what you and Ingrid have, have discovered that uh, these were these are likely part of a ritual, um, and it's likely part of a set. Um, so, one not being there might disrupt things; it might not. Um, but that this, particularly given the fact that a child had one, seems to imply that everyone associated with this ritual likely has one. And they might be some kind of focus. Um, so you're you're considering this when um, uh, the uh, Reverend uh, Michael Thomas uh, enters your shop. Um, modern Richter doesn't know this, but uh, then Richter, uh, you've actually um, uh, you're you're about as friendly with Thomas as uh, you are with almost anyone in town. Uh, he's frequented the shop quite a bit, and. Okay. Um, I think uh, you've likely had some lighthearted, as lighthearted as Richter is, um, interactions around the nature of, of religion. Um, but uh, Thomas has been a, an apt uh, customer uh, and a kind of a, a almost a semi-regular um, here. Very charismatic, um, very laid back. Um, and uh, I think has expressed uh, vague interest. He's, he's been better at discussing these things than you would assume from a, a, a man of the cloth. Um, so um, you hear the, the uh, jingle of the bell. Uh, I assume you like fold the book closed or pull something innocuous over it. Or do you think you leave your research out given that very few people seem to care about this sort of stuff? Um, hmm. I'd leave it out. Okay. I think, I think I'm, I think I'm hot shit. I think I'm the only one in town who knows this stuff. <laughs> cool. Um, I will say, and this, I, sorry, I should have led with this. Uh, this is after your conversation with Sally where you told her not to go to the the ritual. So there is some concern oh, that you have. Oh, okay. So, that, uh, okay. so maybe then I would, would close it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Just because this is pertaining to a potential 
cult scenario mm-hmm. in in Helmfirth. So yep. yeah, I, I would close it then. Great. Thank you for reminding me of that. Oh yeah, it took me a second too. Um, so uh, he uh, approaches uh, the the counter and uh, he just says, uh, "Mr. Richter, uh, it is." Uh, it, it's been a while. I, I haven't seen you around town. Is, is everything all right? You, you you keeping well? Do you have an interesting shipment, perhaps? Uh, just uh, um, just the usual uh, good uh, Herr Thomas. Uh, uh, just um, I think it, it, this is happening in real time. The Richter just like as always, not being able to come up with like a good lie or like a good like cover story kind of thing. Uh, so he's just um, uh, very much involved in some research. That is all. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, good. I mean, just continue to discover the mysteries of the universe, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Quite, yes. Uh, How so can I help you here, Thomas? Uh, yes. Uh, well, I, I was wondering if uh, the... I, I, if you recall, I, I had asked you to look into um, the... Uh, an object called uh, the, the blind eye. Uh, it's, uh, I understand it's a, a bit of harmless superstition, but uh, despite being a man of the cloth, I still have my little, uh, my little superstitions, my little hang-ups. <laughs> uh, have you uh, managed to define this, this object for me? His mention of this blind eye, is that connected in any way to what I've been researching around the medallion? Uh, it like, is isn't. This- um, you, as he mentions it, you do remember that he did ask you to to make some inquiries into this a while ago. Um, can you roll me, please? Uh, let's go with uh, just an old school occult check. If hmm. you've got that. Oh, buddy, have I got it? <laughs> <laughs> you know how hard it is for me to fail in a cult check. Uh, I mean, you tell me, guy who just rolled dice. Uh, that is a hard success. Uh, I've got 90 in a cult. <laughs> I was going to expect you to be like, do you know how hard it is? And I just did it. <laughs> Look, I've yeah, seen 50, 50 going that way. Yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, Tyler the, fail some pretty extraordinary yeah. checks in blood and syrup. So, you know, I was, <laughs> I was ready for anything. The great thing about a cult is that if I do fail it, the chance is that it's a fumble. Like, like if I fail it, I fail mm-hmm. it fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can only cheese it. You can't, can't yeah. slightly bump it. Uh, okay, great. So, um, yeah, you... Um, you managed to find uh, the blind eye. You ordered it, and it it, it arrived. It is um, an an ancient uh, artifact um, that uh, Richter, in your research, um, you have found uh, associated um, with uh, something known as um, the one who waits in the shadows, or in the darkness, rather, not the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point in your research, that's pretty vague. Um, again, I think it, we've used Ghostbusters a few times as a good baseline for this. Um, this is a name that's come up a couple times, but isn't, you know, it's not like, it's Gozer. It's like, this is some vague right. icon. Um, and Tyler, can you roll me another one, please? Uh, this is a mythos check. This is mythos, modern okay. Richter... Reckoning with the memory that he is living right now. Uh, that is a success. Uh, probably a hard success. I, I don't have the breakdown in front of me. I've just got like the one threshold, but yep. this is less than half of that. So I think that counts as a hard it, success. It does, yes. Okay. 
Um, so uh, again, uh, I know this is a bit of timey wimey nonsense, but um, modern Richter is reliving this memory in a flash after seeing the Reverend again. Mm. So you kind of, as yourself in a weird, like Scrooge way, <laughs> recognize uh, the iconography on the blind eye um, as uh, actually matching the iconography of uh, the statue you broke in the museum. Uh, okay. You recognize it as uh, perhaps being misnamed uh, and perhaps being uh, misattributed. Um, you at the time assumed it was related to the uh, entombed eye, given that it also has eye in the name, but upon yeah. looking at it, you realize this horrible twisted headed creature that you remember shattering. Uh, it's that, twisted in a shape that looks roughly like an eye. So you recognize it as being um, related to Nyarlathotep. Jesus, I really should have picked an easier fucking old one um, to pronounce. But uh, yes, you recognize it as uh, related to that. I was going to say, an easy to pronounce old one? Then we're not doing Cthulhu. (laughs) It's got to be impossible. God damn right. Uh, Steve, the old one. Hey guys, <laughs> I'm gonna end humanity. Oh, Steve, <laughs> you got me. Okay, goodbye. I'm the casual uh, elder terror. Yeah, he's just yeah. played by John Goodman. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm just friendly and and I'm, a, I I'm very good. I would shit out of that movie. Uh, just go watch Old Brother Where Art There. I guess it's basically the same thing. Um, cool. So, um, at the time though, uh, Richter, uh, old or uh, younger man, Richter, um, you have this object in your possession. Uh, you did order it uh, for the Reverend, but that was before Sally came to you with concerns about a a ritual. In the past, did you give it to him or did you conceal it? I gave it to him, but with some pretty stern warnings, I think. I knew something was going on. But as far as I recall, at this point, I have no reason not to trust Michael Thomas. And in fact, you're saying I'm kind of friendly towards him. Um, except um, that Sally has suggested that a ritual is going to, we're, we're at a really interesting um, breaking point for Richter. Uh, also in terms of our like past narrative of Sally has warned you, something's going to happen at the church. So now at the church. Okay. So you, you that, yeah. are now suspicious of him, but also again, a lot of things are happening all at once, but this is basically the run up to Richter storming the church with a gun, which is something we still haven't really yeah. reckoned with. Yeah. Um, so this is basically in, um, I mean, Dexter did this every other fucking episode, but this is kind of a uh, Bond meeting the Bond villain moment where suddenly you realize that perhaps this guy that you've been friendly with and have genuinely enjoyed chatting with Suddenly, his interest in the occult isn't, oh, thank God, there's someone else in this town who wants to talk about this. It's, oh, fuck, have I actually been helping right. the, the serial killer the <laughs> yeah. whole time? Shit. So there's a bit of that duality happening. And again, it is worth noting that this is pre-sort of mental fragmenting uh, Richter. So you are much sharper at this point in history. Right. Um, so, yes, it's a bit of a... a him him not necessarily being aware of you we'll check that in a second but yes for for richter's mindset uh oh this guy might actually be up to something nefarious then i think i'll lie to him um as a sort of lie of omission um uh he's asking about the uh the The blind blind eye. eye and i will say um uh i i did uh look into that for you um 
Uh, it hasn't arrived yet. Um, however, uh, there is some information surrounding it, not much, mind you, uh, mention of uh, one who waits in the dark. Um, now this could be relating to a number of uh, mythical and historical figures and purely fictional figures as well. Uh, what do you plan on using this for? I, I just want to make sure you're not being taken for a ride or, or, or anything like that, uh, Michael Thomas. Okay. Uh, so, Tyler, I technically need you to roll me a fast talk check, but I yep. don't think that... I, I think that'll, <laughs> quite frankly, <laughs> fuck you based on your stats. Yes, that's correct. Um, I guess what I'm looking for is, like, this is related to your job... Because uh, basically, this is I, what I want to try and capture is this is something that you aren't the worst at because this is close enough to your profession that you can theoretically get away with it, but that also has an element of danger to it. Should he roll um, against his luck? Maybe that's yeah, that's not bad. Um, are you a, are you an education or an int guy, Tyler? Let's have a quick scroll up the page and see. Uh, both. <laughs> okay. Um, let's go with Int then. Because I, okay. I like, Ryan, I like where your head's at, except that the only challenge is old man, like, shit, young man Richter would have theoretically different luck than current Richter who's blown a bunch of it on, like, <laughs> murder. So let's, let's go with Int um, because this is something that you are comfortable with. It's just... Okay. Yeah. With an 83, that's a success. <laughs> Whoa! Um, so you see uh, Thomas's expression shift a little bit. Um, uh, at this point, uh, I think uh, he'd be more of like a... Like, I imagine um, the, the King in Yellow director, him, is very much in a Charlie Manson vein. I think this era is like... Uh, current um, Mark Ruffalo. So just like um, could look incredibly vicious if he like really wanted to, but has that kind of um, easy charm about him. And he's like strikingly handsome. Future is like if Mark Ruffalo broke bad. Damn, um, this I would be in his cult. I know. <laughs> I know. Just rigging the deck here. Yeah. Um, That's how Scientology worked. Yeah. Uh, um, so he his, uh, his his expression shifts a little bit um, from from incredibly warm to slightly taken aback that you're asking questions about it. Um, but it's just a quick like shadow crosses his face and then uh, says, um, "Oh well, uh, oh damn, that's a very good roll." Um, double O is. Sorry, I roll dice very rarely in this game. Uh, double, double O on the and hundreds? And, yeah. Is a zero at the front. So you're in the zero to ten. Stream right? success, baby. Okay. Um, so he uh, he just kind of um, nods and smiles and says, um, well, uh, as you know, it's it's tough um, running a congregation in, in a small town like this. Uh, and, uh, you know, the... Um, uh, the Church of Contemplation is, uh, is it's a bit of an experiment, uh, Mr. Richter. I don't mind telling you. Um, 
I have a, a slightly different belief in uh, how to approach uh, the teachings of the church than uh, a lot of my uh, companions. Uh, you see, I, I believe that um, when your, your texts like the ones you're, you're referring to speak of uh, the one who waits in the dark, we always think of that as, as, as evil, as, as menacing. But what if it isn't? What if the one who waits in the dark is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, waiting for the stone to be rolled away, waiting before he can return into the light, bring all of us into the light? I believe that some of these old ancient objects might have modern meaning to us, and particularly coming off of uh, the horrors of, of uh, everything that... that Oh, fuck, we're pre-Great War. So uh, in such a, a time of, of uh, great political unrest in the world, I mean, you, of course, from uh, your, yourself, uh, coming from a, a place that we may well be in conflict with soon, anything that can show us that goodness can come from darkness is, I think, very important right now. So it is a shame. I, I'm holding a rather important sermon uh, later today uh, that uh, I sincerely hope to be able to lead the flock with, but um suppose I'll have to do without. But um, that's fine. I'll uh, I'll come visit you in a couple of days, Mr. Richter. I feel as though we will have a lot to discuss then. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, I look forward to, uh, to chatting with you once again, uh, Michael Thomas. It is uh, always a, a pleasure. Yeah. Yes, uh, excellent. Um, and um, uh, tell me, uh, Mr. Richter, um, you yourself are a seeker of, of truths, correct? Yeah, I would describe myself uh, as a seeker of truths, yeah. Hmm. Um, we should talk in a few days' time. Um, I would ask... Uh, there's one other item you could obtain, though. Um, you've been of great help so far. The, the items you provided for me have, have been a tremendous uh, help um, in, in my, my work. Um, all I would ask is if you can find uh, some fabric that could perhaps double as a, as a hood, maybe cut some eyes in it, uh, I think I could show you something rather exciting. Uh, I'll see what I can do. It's rather unusual, not really my wheelhouse. But um... uh, and he looks around at your curiosity shop, and he's like, "On the contrary, I believe it very much is." Well, until then, uh, Mister Richter, and thank you again for looking into the blind eye. Uh, yeah. And with that, he uh, smiles and uh, leaves your shop. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Tyler Hewitt, just coming at you with a little special offer for you. You know, if you're a fan of uh, what we're doing here on the show, then we have, to borrow a phrase from Jerry Holkins, a patron-oriented experience tailored just for you. If you go to patreon.com slash dice. You can sign up and get a bunch of special features that we're not really going to make available to anyone else. So do that now. Well, not right now, but, you know. A few minutes later, um, you hear a, a tingle uh, outside uh, the, uh, the shop of, of Bells and a, um, a kind of a old, uh, old fellow um, comes out uh, walking with a, with a cane um, and uh, he enters the shop and just beelines it straight for you. And, and this, this guy, he looks pretty rough. Uh, he's like a... Um, 
is it is it uh, what the fuck's his name it's clancy clancy brown i want to say clancy brown yeah it's clancy brown great yeah Yeah. exactly clancy brown um it kind of comes over and uh says um uh good evening um i believe uh you ordered some ice cream and he puts uh, a small package down on the table with a metallic clang uh, and then he tips his hat to you and leaves. And Richter, you open uh, the uh, the paper bag uh, to reveal the gun you ordered, uh, because regardless of what the pastor said, something bad's going to happen in this town tonight, and you'll be good, goddamned, if you're going to let the mystery punchers face it alone. Okay. Um, so, looking down at the gun, looking down at the medallion, uh, you kind of look back out on the street to see. Reverend Michael Thomas staring at you from the park at across from the store. Uh, all of this flashes before your eyes um, before uh, you see, as you see the man himself. Uh, last time you saw him, you were shooting at him as you ran up the, the aisle uh, of the church. Um, and uh, a, a, a grin um, spreads beneath his, his thick woolly mustache Uh as he watches the people uh, step out onto the stage, he hasn't seen the three of you yet. What do you do? If uh, we, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. I was, I was about to ask, am I the only one who recognizes him? Um, Claire and Ryan, you guys can roll me, please. A history check. One thing that I kind of want to play okay. with here is that, Kids looking at adults, a lot of adults, like to my head, everyone on, on TV when I was a kid was the same age. They were roughly 40 <laughs> something. Um, Homer Simpson, as it turns out, is like 36. So yeah. we can all go fuck ourselves. <laughs> um, but uh, even Darth Vader is like, apparently like, th- I think he's like 35 or something in uh, A New sense. Hope. Um, but in my head, he's like, no, that's what an adult sounds like, James Earl Jones. Um, so I think for Red, you have a very distinct memory of like evil reverend, but yeah, it, 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 you know, uh, and Adrian, I mean, good luck. <laughs> I mean, that is, that is, that is a most spectacular fail. Like my history is five. There's no way I'm a. Okay. Interesting fact. My history is also five, but I rolled a 16. And that's close enough that I will spend the 11 <laughs> luck to recognize uh, the Reverend. Yep. Um, you uh, you see the man who... Uh, and Adrian, it's one of those moments where like all of your kind of fractured self clarifies to a point. Um, you remember seeing him um, trying desperately uh, to drop blood onto Sally's hood. And you know for a fact that this is the same man. So I just want to be clear. Can you paint a picture of where we are versus where he is? That was yeah. my question. 100%. Yeah. So you've come in through the stage door. So you've come in through the back of the theater. Uh, you've passed like an empty office um, and dressing rooms. Uh, and you've come into the backstage. So you're behind the the flat that's down. Um, he is in the wings to your right, looking at the two actors who have just stepped out onto the stage. Um, so he is close by, um, staring out at the stage with a smile on his face. Cool. If I were to, this is a Ryan question, then we'll get to the Addy question. If I were to storm towards him, would the audience see me or would I stay hidden? You would stay hidden because he's not on stage. He's watching what's happening on stage. Great. 
then Addy, who at his core knows this man is bad and is linked with the entombed eye, who he believes everyone involved with needs to die, would take his hand off of the ray gun and draw his weird runic inscribed knife. Uh, and then basically he would just stalk forwards. Then this would be prison level shit, like grab below chin, just lower back over and over again. Richter, would you try and stop him or would you just be sort of caught in a, a wave of memory? Uh Richter, I mean, I have like a very uh, uh, like decisive uh, few things that I want to do. But if I'm maybe... Then let's say both of you are doing them in, at the same okay. time. Richter, if if this man is backstage and speaking to the actors, if he has anything to do with this play, this play cannot go on stage. Like he cannot take another group of people from the town of Helmfirth. Uh, Richter's looking for a fire alarm. Ooh, um, at this point in time, there wouldn't oh, be one. Oh, no, okay. You would just yell fire, and it was illegal to do that in the theater unless there was legitimately a fire. So, like, people at, at this, in, this, in era, this era, Richter is a fire alarm. Yeah, it, realistically, <laughs> though, like, you would, the, people were trained to, like, fucking leave if anyone yelled fire. So that is entirely possible. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about Richter smoking a pipe, right? Sounds about right. Yeah, he'll take out a book of matches and start a fire. And and while he's, like, striking the book of matches and, like, lighting, I don't know, some, like, theater rope or some shit mm-hmm. on fire, uh, he's just shouting, fire! Fire in the theater! Everyone out! Uh, I need you to please roll a sanity check first. I like how Red's just seeing both of these things happen. And it's like... <laughs> Red's watching a play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, this does track, though, because it's like the two people who are more attuned to the spoopiness are like, oh, shit, occult yeah. stuff. And Red's like, I do not care for this backstage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this director seems kind of shitty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I rolled close to my limit as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to spend all but five of my luck to make that a, a success. Okay. Um, you go to light the match, but just it occurs to you that if you do, you won't get to see the king in yellow. and You really fucking want to see the king in yellow. And then that extra like back part of your brain clicks over, which is like, yeah, that's exactly what the king in yellow would want me to think. <laughs> light the match, toss it. Um, so, uh, yes, a, a fire begins. Uh, it's the 1930s. Everything's a fucking death trap. Um, you start yelling fire. Um, uh, Adrian, you stalk towards uh, uh, the Reverend. Uh, he turns um, and uh, as he, because you're not doing this quietly, you're like storming. I think him, he right? wouldn't. He wouldn't have stopped for like he'd be quiet enough because I think Addy does have experience in like prison shipping. What we know, like motherfuckers killed a lot of people and like if you want to make sure they're dead this is like cold angry addy this would be the like walk forward quietly but terminator style and just take him out amazing so um you stalk forward he he's smiling uh, maniacally as he stares at the stage if you're not doing it loudly he doesn't pay attention because he's watching what happens um and red uh you you see all this happening and it's it's again it's almost like you're in slow motion and they're they're in in fast motion um he's yelling fire you can start to hear screams um of of like fire fire i see or i guess this is as he's lighting it so give that a second um addy's like storming forward in in murder mode um 
and you just hear with odd clarity uh, from the stage, um, please take off your mask. We all must see what you look like. And then a blood curdling scream and a, for lack of a better term, a squelching noise. Um, and then you hear screams of fire, fire, and then screams of abject terror and horror. Um, and uh, Addy, you grab uh, the Reverend who looks at you with, and then sees Richter and uh, Red and um, he just grins at you as you slide the blade into him and says, too late, uh, as you just proceed to fucking pincushion him. Uh, Ryan, describe what happens to uh, your old nemesis, Reverend Michael Thomas. Yeah, I don't know if any of you have ever seen the, uh, oh, what was that, where it was Deadliest Warrior? Uh, mm-hmm. was where they would do mm-hmm. tests on uh, uh, gel dummies. And there was yep. one episode where they brought in the Navy SEALs and they had a guy demonstrate how effective their knives were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'd always thought that like when you stabbed a guy, you would stab him once really hard. And what I learned was instead, you stab so quickly and ruthlessly while holding them that your knife blurs in your hands. And then they just kind of turn to goo in the middle. And I think it's just like the first three or four are just punching in and out of the back. And then on the fifth one, it's like he manages to crunch through the spine until the knife is almost coming out the front. And then he'll keep going until like there's a splatter out the front of the man. uh, And then he'll drop him expecting him to catch on fire because that's what this knife is supposed to do. Uh, Cool. As he's losing consciousness uh, from the multi-stab, he's just still staring at the blade and... He just like, and it's one of those like, as someone's dying, their brain kind of shuts off in a weird way. He just kind of looks at you confused and says, Corbett gave you the knife I gave him? Um, And then his bottom half falls off. Um, Meanwhile, um, people are screaming fire, uh, but they're also just straight up screaming as uh, the uh, actor um, in the the yellow robe and mask cracks uh the ingenue in half um and uh addy as as you continue to stab uh you see that uh, her hand is at the edge of the mask and she's pulling uh but it's not a mask it's a face and the robe is less robe and more tentacle um and this thing begins to just fucking slaughter audience what do you yell to your companions? Uh, I think Addy would just yell, no more monsters! Uh, and then he would draw the ray gun and open fire. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. 
and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are Dum Dum Dice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You wake up startled in the middle of the night, convinced that there's something out there in the darkness. Your brain tells you that there's nothing to be afraid of, that the inhuman shape in the corner of your room is just your laundry piled on a chair. But as you hear the ghostly, ragged breathing that doesn't belong to you, you realize your brain is dead wrong. If you love the mix of horror, mystery, and comedy in shows like Buffy, Ash vs. the Evil Dead, or Supernatural, you'll feel right at home on The Crit Show, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast where the players, playing as themselves, are tasked with being the last line of defense from the forces of evil that go bump in the night. Join us every Wednesday and learn the games we play while the gang tries their best to solve the mysteries, hunt the monsters, and protect the innocent. Their intentions are good. Their dice rolls, not so much. You can find The Crit Show at thecritshowpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.